I'm out of hope. Watch it be of the eyes spoke. Good times for the undeserved, but hard times for the ones who work. Poor men, rich men, blind men, dead men, hope for more than they had all planned. Then they suffered a serious blow as a real world cut the line you hold. Nobody said this would be fair. It won't you before you went out there. There's always a chance to get me started to a new world, new life scarred, but smarter. Is it right? To wish the poor man rich is it right? To wish the rich man poor. Hope all that's well is well and fair. Wish not ever have to despair. Being so mad, did I start crying? Why, hello everybody. Welcome back to Coffee Connections. My name is Seth Weiner, and I am your rocksioneer. I want to make sure you know I'm your rocksioneer because I'm not my rocksioneer. I am your rocksioneer, folks. I'm really excited about today's program. Also, I finally got a haircut. What do you say, huh? Finally, I was just I was starting. You should the after she cut all the hair on the. I, I swear it looked like. Well, I'm not gonna tell you what it looked like. It was I couldn't believe it, it was a it was a sea of hair. It's crazy how much hair grows in. Uh, but we all been there. We all have, it's COVID times, right? And we're we're not even talk about any of that. But you know what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna be talking about Georgia music. I'm super super excited. And when we say we, uh, it's insights. With innovators, we have got an innovator for you all today, uh, Lisa Love uh, with Georgia Music Foundation. Now, Lisa's career, she spent uh, her career telling the stories of her home state of Georgia through the lens of music and place. From 2006 through 2019, she held successive positions on behalf of the Georgia Department of Economic Development, including Division Director for Georgia Tourism, Director of Music Marketing for the Film Office, and Executive Director for the uh, excuse me, Georgia Music Hall of Fame. She has also served various leadership roles for the Georgia Music Foundation over the past two decades, furthering its mission to support programs of music education, preservation, and outreach. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on here, but let's bring let's go ahead and bring Lisa into the. Uh, program here give me a second i gotta move all these buttons and boom there we go hi hello hello and your haircut looks awesome seth well thank you thank you i have a bag of hair for sale if anyone's yes. interested i will auction it off to the highest bidder well you never know you know it's, kids have no. class projects no <laughs> it's like chia chia seth <laughs> oh you must stop <laughs> well Welcome to the program. It is Coffee Connection, so it's time to find out if you drink coffee. Do you have a mug? Oh, look at that. You do have a mug. What, what is this mug have you have? Mug. I do have a mug. It's, uh, it looks to be um, a handcrafted mug with a little salamander on it. It's really beautiful. However, it is filled with water because, no, I do not drink coffee. I never have. I like Irish never. coffee. But... Um, I, I don't love coffee. I love the smell, but I don't love the taste, and I don't love hot drinks in the morning. However, as a good Georgia girl, I will slam a Coca-Cola and have every morning for probably the past 40 years. Oh, my. Well, I mean, okay, you drink, you have caffeine, because this is Coffee Connections. I was going to end the program just like that, but we can continue. You do drink caffeine. Um, I have the prop. 
and that's, you know, half of the game. <laughs> well, yeah, that is. But why don't you talk about the Georgia Music Foundation and let everyone know who and what Georgia Music Foundation is? Well, you kind of said in the beginning, our mission is to support programs of music preservation, education, and outreach. What does that really mean? You know, we're a small, efficient nonprofit. We basically raise money and then give it away to deserving programs across the state, primarily um, music programs at schools and after-school programs and summer camps. And then we've also worked with some preservation projects over the year and uh, the Cabbage Town Chronicles project CD a couple of uh, years ago. Um, we've been around since 1994. We, we started with that mission, but with the idea of, of just building partnerships. The Georgia Music Hall of Fame was, was our first big partner and the foundation worked with the state to help raise private funds to help get the museum open. And then the Georgia Music Foundation um, helped cultivate the collection of artifacts and media there at the Music Hall of Fame. And sadly, when, when the state closed the museum in 2011, the Georgia Music Foundation Board recommitted itself to its mission um, and began a, an annual fundraising concert and those proceeds come back and support the Georgia Music Grant that we give out annually. So that's what, kind of yeah. a quick nutshell. There, there's lots more stories and lots more information, but yeah. that gives you a little tiny insight into the Georgia Music Foundation. Well, that's all wonderful stuff, but what's the grant? How much does the grant, uh, how do you get the grant? Tell us, talk a little about that. So the Georgia Music Grant, we started in... <clears throat> 2015, before that, we had uh, given out discretionary grants, but then we kind of formalized it because we wanted to better be able to identify the need across the state. And so every year until this uh, past year, the grants have been $5,000 or less, again, for programs that are aligned with either music preservation, outreach, or education. Um, and we've given away well over $500,000 oh since 2014. This past year, because we weren't able to hold our annual fundraiser in 2020, as many people were in the same boat, um, we just wrote the checks for our um, grants to support 2021 projects, but these grants were $1,000 or less, and we gave away 35 of those. So the Georgia Music Grant application process generally starts in July, and um, runs for about six weeks. And it's been, it's been so rewarding and so fulfilling to work with, with these teachers and after-school programs and, and summer camps and, and the kids all across the state who benefit from these grants. Yeah, well, as someone who came from the music program in the school, I get the value there um and that's not just what you fund but that is that's a definite piece as you see on the website and stuff so um that's just fantastic uh and folks you can go to georgiamusicfoundation.org to learn more about where what the how you can apply for the grants etc um now there's been lots of different concerts and stuff you've been involved with i mean the great matt wilson of atlanta has had you a part uh, a benefactor of his events uh the colonel bruce hampton 70 the uh, what was the uh, Atlanta Pop Festival? Um, do, uh, can you talk a little bit about those partnerships? 
Well, to me, the Georgia Music Foundation really is all about partnerships. And we've been very honored to be a part of, of different events over the years. Um, Matt Wilson, of course, who is an entertainment attorney in Atlanta, he and I started out several years ago um, talking about Bruce Hampton and, and that his 70th birthday was coming up and we really wanted to see something happen. And, you know, that's such a long story, but it, it was it was so terrific to be able to a support that event and then in turn be supported. Um, and, and our fundraiser that we do each year, of right. course, except for 2020 and now 2021, we do George On My Mind, which is our annual fundraising benefit concert. Oddly enough, we do it in Nashville at the Ryman. And people always ask me, why are you doing a fundraiser for the Georgia Music Foundation in Nashville? And first of all, I often tell people, well, the Mother Church of Country Music, the Ryman Auditorium, would not exist were it not for a Georgian. Um, you know, the story goes that Reverend Samuel Jones from Georgia was up in Nashville. Uh, I thought I wrote down, yeah, um, preaching, kind of a, a tent um, revival. And there was a riverboat captain, kind of a swarthy fellow, uh, Thomas Ryman, and he and some friends were going to go see Reverend Jones preach. I guess they'd been making sort of a splash. And so he goes one night in 1885. And of course, the spirit so moves him. He changes his life and he decides he's going to build the biggest tabernacle in Nashville so that no one like Reverend Jones will ever have to preach under a tent again. Um, and so that I think it was first called the Union Gospel Tabernacle. And later when when Ryman died, it was Reverend Samuel Jones from Cartersville, Georgia, who suggested that they name the venue the Ryman Auditorium. So the one thing I can do is trace everything back to music and musicians and, and people in Georgia. And, and you can go to Reverend Samuel Jones' home in Cartersville and learn more about him. But um, it just so happened that the chair of the Georgia Music Foundation is a, a hit songwriter, Dallas Davidson. And seven, eight, eight years ago now, he and his fellow songwriters from Georgia, Rhett Akins and Ben Hayslip said, hey, why don't we just do a show here in Nashville? We'll get together some friends and we'll donate the money to the Georgia Music uh, Foundation. And it was an event at a, a small like 600 seater club there um, third in Lindsley. And of course their friends were, you know, like Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan and the great songwriters, Pat Alger and Tony Arada. And it was a, a wonderful night really celebrating Georgia. There was a feeling and a, a communal community feeling that night. And we made a lot of money and we were able to come back the next day and, and start determining, you know, what great programs we would support. And then our one of our sponsors came back and said, hey, you guys move that to the Ryman and we'll give you X amount. And so, of course, we did. And it just, you know, it's something that just happened, but it worked. And you have so many artists that live there who are able to drive down to the venue without, you know, taking on a lot of expenses. And at the end of the day, for me, it's about how do we make the most net profit to put back in and, and give to these teachers and their programs and these great after school programs and these summer camps. Right. And so that's how it happened. And it works. 
Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that also what you just said is a very valid point to dissect even further is <clears throat> when it comes to fundraising, if you can maximize your potential, maximize your revenue, and if it's if if you can have access to all these musicians in such a local place and to really maximize the potential, getting them there at a low cost and be able to raise more money, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and the money is going directly to Georgia Music, so that's the win. Well, it is. You know, the the first year, maybe 2013, we did an event at the Tabernacle, and again, it was incredible. So many artists. It was sold out, but there was, you know, food and beverage and lots of expenses for artists. And, and the next day, you're like, oh, we netted $12, you know. Yeah. We're not going to be able to do a lot of grants with that. So it really is, to me, important to find out the most efficient way to reach your goals. And, and while we're doing it, we get to tell a wonderful story about Georgia music, about Georgia as a place to visit. It's 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 kind of a sales mission, too, in a way. Um, well, you, but that's part of what you've done also. Now, you've been involved with the, uh, the Georgia music tax licensing. Um, I'm probably destroying what I'm saying, but like there's the mu movie tax credits. Wasn't there something uh, going on with Georgia music as well? Well, yeah, there's, you know, been the Georgia music tax incentive, which is another group, Georgia music partner. So, you know, we weren't directly involved with that. But I, I think it's so important in Georgia that there are different groups with different um, focus and agenda. And it's all part of building a bigger, stronger Georgia music community. Uh, we want, you know, we want to succeed economically and create opportunity. We want to have a strong cultural music community. And we want to preserve our past and our music heritage. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to support the artists that are out there on the charts or, you know, on the stages in the small clubs today. And then we want to think about the future and make sure there are opportunities for children of all backgrounds to participate in music. So there are a lot of groups who are working to do that, both within the communities across the state and, and then on a statewide level. And I think it takes everybody Absolutely. to make so, strong and inclusive. So I wonder, though, like if, a, if a, when you have your grants, and um, a theater might apply to say for some assistance for something that they need. Uh, would you at that point look at an application like that and send them over to say the Fox Theater Institute that is, that's their mission to preserve theaters or do you, you all work in? Absolutely. I mean, if there's something that we can't do or it doesn't really fit within our criteria, you know, our bottom line is always to help and to support deserving programs. So if we can't figure out a way to make it, absolutely. I want to go find a, a, a source of support. You know, when we, we saw that recently, um, back in the fall, our board put together a Georgia Music Relief Fund. Yeah, um, well, we had a board meeting the first part in November and, and one of our board members, Donna Gretsch said, we have got to do something for these musicians. And she pledged a lead gift then and said, let's start, you know, a, 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 a relief fund program. And we did. And suddenly the rest of the board, boom, 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 everyone put in. And the day after or, or the day before Thanksgiving, we announced online a Georgia Music Relief Fund to provide grants of $500 to working musicians who, who their primary income prior to COVID had been 
live music, whether it's performing in venues across the state or touring or their crew members. And, um, you know, within two weeks, we had gone through $70,000, but we were able to give nearly 150 musicians Mm -hmm. grants of at least $500. Um, And once we ran out of that, you know, that was really painful because, again, it's about identifying need. And as people continued to come, you know, we were out trying to figure out statewide, regionally, nationwide, where there were other opportunities um, and organizations that were providing support for musicians. Or I think down at um, Center Stage in the great group there, they were doing some food boxes. So, you know, we dropped off some food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. You know, again, we're just a small, little efficient group, but sometimes it's just information or resources that you can share to, to, again, help support the music community around the state. Yeah, that's wonderful. I commend you all for doing that. I know, and it's not easy because you gotta, and and I'm talking to our listeners here, you gotta imagine, you wanna help as many people as possible, but you can only help as many people as you can. And and I know for a fact that like I saw, I got wind of, well, I, I knew about the program and I shared it. And by the time some of the people I shared it to got around to reading the email, well, it was, it, 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 the funds were dry and, you know, I felt bad for them, but you know, it was one of those opportunities you got to jump on when, when it's there. Um, but, but there's many people that found out about it organically, uh, you know, when it was too late. Um, but, but that's, uh, still though, the fact that anyone is able to be helped and, and then you also, you go through so many different phases of how to help. And I, you know, if it's, I, I'm a big fan of what folks are doing with giving small stipends, be it money or, direct uh, gift cards to Kroger or something like that, where it's, you know, we're putting food on your, on your, on your uh, table there. So that's really, really important. Well, and I think acts of kindness beget acts of kindness and, you know, and and we promise confidentiality to all the musicians Mm -hmm. And, and so many stories were shared with us that, you know, they were heartbreaking. Um, you know, people losing their jobs pretty much overnight for a year. Um, and, and during that time, lives happen. You know, there is other loss. There's sickness. There are things. Mm-hmm. There's been a loss of dignity for a lot of people to even get to the point that they need to ask for help. And these these are our community. And yet, with all of that, you know, there was one musician who got his grant and then turned around and gave $10 on our website back as a donation just yesterday there was a musician it was his birthday and he did one of the facebook you know gift for my birthday and raised i think last night it was 250 or 60 dollars um but i think we need more of that in our our world and i think the music community has always been a very giving kind community and and they need they need love and support and respect after having the year that they've had yeah, but one of the things you said to me earlier before we went live, and I, I just, it's a fascinating way to, it's, a, it's an interesting lens to look through, which is how many times people want from the musicians. I'm having a birthday party. Would you uh, play for my kid? Oh, it's good exposure. The ki- <laughs> Like the kids, right? You know? <laughs> right. But no, but for real though, how many restaurants are like, hey, we're doing something. We can't pay you a lot, but 
we'll give you a free meal, whatever it is. There's always musicians' talents are always being leaned on. And now is a time where, you know, people that are still maybe the restaurant's not doing so well. Not the best example, but hey, that real estate agency, they are. And, um, you know, right. there's a chance for nonprofits have asked, you know, and, and, and wonderful charities have asked musicians to perform for free in the past to support their nonprofit. And they're so generous. I mean, I've seen yeah. so much over the years. And so, again, I, I think that these are the times, these unprecedented times to look back. And, and, and I, I try to suggest to people and people that I know that are in the business world or corporate world, hey, if somebody's done something for you, boy, now would be a great time to look back and, and, and see what you could do. Or get ready to hire them as the live music world comes back open. Give them a, a well-paid gig. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, before we move forward, I want to move back you and talk a little bit about the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. What um, what's come of that? Where is that now? Uh, what's going on there? You know, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> it, uh, you know, I, I moved on and, and the foundation moved on. And I think uh -huh. it just, you know, I think it's a, a situation where an institution um there are a lot of people involved and a lot of politics involved. And, and I just hope that one day the folks in, in power or in charge will realize it's an institution that deserves to be renewed and revived in a way that really honors musicians and, and yeah. for all those 130 or 40 people who've been inducted and all those who could be inducted to come. We have such a rich and and just incredibly influential music heritage in Georgia. And yeah. so the, the loss of that institution, both a, as a museum and, and as the awards, um, it's something that I hope is rectified one day and it comes back because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why I do what I do because it's just so incredibly cool to me that, um, Georgia music is what it is and that we have so many pioneers. I just um, was reading the great book Chronicling Stanconia and just so much that Georgia musicians have done. And it's something to be really proud of in a time when there's politics and strife and everything going on. Our musicians have been inclusive and um, innovative and they've been incredible ambassadors for a long, sure. long time long time I, I imagine you watched the um uh, uh the carter the rock and roll president with carter wow uh, uh, absolutely right i mean that, that so the folks there's a cnn i think it's cnn it's gotta be cnn documentary about and it's on hbo plus right now or is it yeah. whatever the sites are hbo max disney plus i get i can't do math and tv it's just too much uh anyway um so it's about the jimmy carter and and how rock and roll supported his got really helped boost him into the presidency and a lot of those musicians like a lot of course are allman brothers and a lot of georgia music there a lot of music and a lot from macon georgia and, and yeah. you know capricorn era of of phil walden and and you know uh, and it, it was a very inclusive time it was and and today now the capricorn um, recording studio has been yeah. revived and it's it's now a great working studio in Macon. Um, Macon 
Mercer Music at Capricorn. Um, there's a museum there that sort of chronicles all those times. So mm -hmm. everything comes around full circle. But boy, our musicians in Georgia have have done a lot and and achieved a lot to be proud of. Yeah, and, then and that's why it's so important through. for us. You know, that's why the the, the three goals of our mission are preservation. Yeah to make sure that we document and keep and share those stories, you know, uh, music education to make sure we provide for the future and outreach just to celebrate and let mm -hmm. people know what's happened in our state. And that preservation, by the way, is every type of music, including trap music, which was born in Georgia. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's just it. You can take absolutely any style or genre in music and and trace it back to Georgia, whether it's historically or or today. It you know um, they could do a whole episode of Jeopardy on Georgia music and 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 these musicians. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, like you mentioned before, you've you've raised money for musicians. You've raised money through your um, annual concert. You've been involved in different uh, receiving ends of other fundraising concerts and events. Uh, how does the Georgia Music Foundation raised their money mostly. Is it through individual donation? Or is it through concerts? Or is it through uh, corporate givings? Uh, can you talk a little bit about your fundraising? Well, like I said before, I mean, in the past, uh, up until now, it's really just been that one concert. We do the one, you know, it's just me and our board. So we've just done that one concert and all the net proceeds go to the grant. Then there was 2020. And we had to cancel our show at the Ryman. But instead, we did an online concert. And it was hosted by Amy Ray, of course, of the Indigo Girls, and Brent Cobb, our great singer-songwriter from Georgia. And it was a, a sort of a two-hour experience of Georgia musicians, just chock full of Georgia musicians and songwriters. And, uh, you know, we didn't raise nearly what we did at the Ryman. But we raised small amounts of money from people all over the country. I mean, honestly, 60, 65% of the people who gave were from outside of Georgia. And that really opened our eyes to the potential of expanding our story and expanding our fundraising. So one of the projects that we have for moving forward um, is to really work on building friends and partners at that small giver level um mm -hmm. people who do love music and musicians from georgia and are interested in the mission no matter where they are i mean um creating opportunities for children to participate in music um and then seeing those children and, and those students making music you know there's something fundraising to me is always about emotional connection and you know yeah. nothing makes me ball harder than watching these kids who have worked so hard and then go perform. Um, so that's one of the things we're working towards is, is really building that peer to peer giving and those smaller campaigns to, to um, enhance and expand on what we're doing with our one big concert a year. So what I hear you saying is, let me, I have a crystal ball here. Yeah, I, I see uh, all these children uh, doing a peer-to-peer -peer concert campaign, uh, kind of like a talent show hmm. as a fundraiser. I, I see your future. 
Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And, and we do want to do some smaller sort of intimate um, events around the state where we can bring songwriters and musicians yeah. together. And, and just, again, for me, there's nothing better than creating community. And, and there's so many different communities. You know, I love the folks in Columbus and what they do and down in Waycross and Albany and Macon and Athens, you know, Dahlonega, there's all the, and of course, Atlanta, that goes without saying, but there's, did I say Athens? I mean, you know, why? Is it, uh, and so there's all these little communities around Georgia. And a lot of times they don't know these musicians from, from the other ones. So again, creating opportunities to bring people together and uh, raise a little money while we're there. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, in, in your time, you uh with the Georgia Music Foundation, you've seen the other things happen in Georgia music, such as uh, Joel Katz's involvement with uh, education and how he built the uh, Athens, uh, the Georgia State program, music business program, and now David Barbie's in charge of that. And then Keith Piercy then moved on, who was with Katz in Georgia now in Kennesaw. And now we've got two of the, I would say, probably the country's top music programs. Um, as uh, for music business, not, you know, not talking about concert performance. I'm talking about music business programs, um, which is pretty significant. Oh, there's so much opportunity in Georgia, you know, with, with different areas, not only music business, but um, music education, music therapy. And I would be remiss oh, yeah. if I didn't mention that one of our great board members, Dinah Gretz, she and her husband, Fred, just gave uh, uh, $3 million to Georgia Southern, where they're going to have the Dinah and, Dinah and Fred Gretsch School of Music. So oh, there's cool. a lot of great things happening there in Savannah right. um, with Georgia Southern. And, and um, again, for me, it's about opportunity, access, and the ability to participate. So whether it's music for K through five or middle, elementary, and, and these college and, and postgraduate experiences like, you know, music technology at Georgia Tech, um, there's a lot of opportunity and you know that one of the projects we have worked on in the last couple of years is has been um an effort to sort of expand the conversation about music education because you know there's so much research that speaks to the academic the cognitive the social and emotional benefits of children studying music but i think there's an even bigger story that kind of relates music education to economic development and workforce development. Hmm. And there's much research that shows that kids who participate in music develop the soft skills that are really missing in the workforce today. So while Georgia is really an economic powerhouse, I think you'll hear over and over that there's a lot of soft skills missing when, when folks first enter the workforce. But music helps, um, you know, instill responsibility, commitment, perseverance, adaptability, all of those soft skills that employers are looking for. So that's one of the projects that we are working for going forward is some advocacy to really um, talk about the expanding the benefits that have always been there, but really expanding your perception of what music and music education can can do for kids in school yeah. and folks i'll remind you once again to learn more go to georgiamusicfoundation.org fresh new digs there yeah <laughs> and, uh, 
And uh, before I let you go, is there anything that we uh, we we missed talking about today that you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, I feel like we have we've covered a lot. Uh, again, I, I think my main thing now is, you know, in these times to to um, figure out how you can give back to music. Music brings us so much joy in our lives, and and so whether it's you know supporting Georgia Music Foundation and 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 the grants that we give to programs around Georgia, or whether it's supporting a musician that you know in your community, um, you know, be a part of the community and and uh, help out. All right. Well, sounds great. Thank you so much for your time today. Before I let you go, though, I have I always ask all of my guests to recommend a future guest, somebody that's an innovator in the nonprofit world here in Atlanta. Uh, or in your case, I'll even go Georgia. Uh, but uh, is there someone that you would recommend to be on Coffee Connections? Um, if you haven't had Dante Rameau, who's the um, executive director of Atlanta Music Project, he's a rock star. I, yeah, I know Dante, but I have not had him on the show. And that would be a fantastic guest. And I would, um, yeah, let's uh, appreciate uh, you recommending him. And we'll connect and loop him in and see if he's available. That'd be great. Yeah, he's, he's done so much for music education in Georgia and for communities in Atlanta, underserved communities. Uh, they're incredible. Those students will blow your mind. Yeah. And they got that new facility that opened up about two years ago, too. Yes. Um, yeah. But So, yeah, great, great recommendation. I look forward to uh, connecting with him. And and thank you so much. It's nice to see you. And uh, you. let's keep in touch. Um, and th once again, thanks for your time. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate it. It was great to be here. Yeah, we'll see everyone back here on Thursday. Till then, have a great day.